Hello everybody and welcome to the Going Up Cast, a weekly feel-good podcast with music, talks about the new Spider-Man movie, stories of trips due around the state of Washington, and a whole lot more. I'm your host, Andrew Logan, and let's dive right into it. That's right, this week we talk about Spider-Man Far From Home. I give you a good rundown of almost going skydiving. It's going to happen later on, but I talk about my my views on that particular experience. Talk about Neon Genesis Evangelion, which I'm watching for the first time. And we do some Harry Potter chapters and some other stuff. But if you like the Going Upcast and wish to support the Going Upcast, there's lots of ways you can do that. You can go to patreon.com forward slash goingupcast to become a Patreon supporter. Or you can go to goingupcast.com and check out the Going Upcast store, where you can buy a mystery book for the low, low price of $9.99. Or you can custom order your own book for audio purposes, where you can listen to it with your ear holes and share it with your friends and do whatever you want with it. Anyway, let's move on to the first thing in the podcast. I want to take a minute here and be collectively angry at everyone. Anybody that watched an anime called Neon Genesis Evangelion. And never told me that there's a fucking character in this show that's a penguin named Pen Pen. Why was this never brought to my attention? <laughs> this is absurd. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and no one ever thought to tell me in my entire life. I've been friends with anime nerds since high school. And no one thought to mention that there was a penguin in Neon Genesis Evangelion named Pen Pen. How did this not come up? How is this not the first thing you tell people? This is amazing. It's like a hi. My name's Andrew. There's a penguin named Pen Pen in Neon Genesis Evangelion, and you should watch the show to experience Pen Pen. Also, it's been a while since the show's made me laugh. Well, I I know the show's gonna get into some shit. Real fucking quick. But in the beginning, there's this bit where um, um, uh, Shinji uh, runs out after seeing Pen Pen. And his, his, his junk is blocked by a beer can. And she picks up the beer can to take a sip out of it. And there's another jar like immediately behind it. <laughs> Still blocking his junk. That's fucking comedy. That's good shit. I really enjoyed that. I'm also very confused by this show, but I'm hoping that it clarifies itself as I continue to watch it because they're talking about how uh, Shinji like defended the city, but it really looked like he got his ass whooped in, uh, in that first uh, in that first episode. So I don't fucking I don't know. I don't know. Don't really know what's going on there. But there's like the reason I'm watching Neon Genesis is well, a I've never seen it before. Um, and I know, I know, that's why I'm talking about this. Like, like this is one of, as far as I'm aware, one of, like, three or four, like, animes that must be seen, you know? Like, um, I watched Gurren Lagann, which was wonderful. Um, I'm now watching this. Like, next on the docket is Cowboy Bebop, which I never watched um, either. And I've, I've, I've seen Ghost in the Shell, like, the original one. And I'll be honest, while it was an intriguing concept like the the overall plot for ghost in the shell there wasn't much going on there that actually intrigued me as a viewer so i didn't think it was that good i think neon genesis is pretty good so far um it it, it definitely starts pretty quickly um uh, doesn't waste a lot of time in telling you who people are but 
you know, that's fine. Um, and I know there's like a bunch of shit to like dissect in this show. So looking forward to figuring all that stuff out. But I really just wanted to draw because I didn't know about Pen Pen. And you know what? There's a decent to better to decent chance that you don't know about Pen Pen. So I'm here to tell you because no one told me and I don't want that. I don't want that to happen to you. In Neon Genesis Evangelion, episode two of the, of the, I think it's only one season. I don't know why it says season one. Um, there's a character named Pen Pen, and he's a penguin. So, now you have that knowledge, and we can experience this amazingness together. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. So, in 15 hours, I will be falling out of an airplane willingly. And that's a sentence. Um, this is this is before the jump, naturally. It you know I'm I'm going with several of my coworkers. Um, all all I basically know going in is I know where it is. I know roughly the type of clothes I should wear, like closed-toed shoes and stuff like that. Not a problem. Um. I know, depending on how high the jump is, I will be falling from anywhere between 30 seconds to a minute, um, which is not a lot of time uh, at all. And I know when push comes to shove that I am capable of doing dumb shit like this. Long ago, I did. I went cliff jumping. And... My experience from that is probably pretty similar to what I'm experiencing now, where the the build-up to the event is the worst bit. And then when push comes to shove and it's time for me to act, I, I anticipate being able to fall or leap or whatever you need to do to get out of that plane without difficulty. Um, I believe the countdown for me will be unnecessary. And I, I highly anticipate arriving at the door, having the tandem dude tied to my back, and then just me fucking shoving off. And like, here we go, let's go. Um, I'm sure they'll be, they'll let me know how it'll all go down. But <laughs> people do it all the time. Is what I keep telling myself. It is almost commonplace. I got a coworker that does this all the time I'm going with several co-workers <sighs> but it is it's very new I've never done anything like this before I've done thrill activities like roller coasters and shit like that but it's not the same with a roller coaster you have like, you watch before you get on the damn thing, people doing it successfully before you, mere seconds before you get on it. And even though, like, the more, air quotes, terrifying roller coasters, where, like, your feet are dangling or you're, like, on your belly or whatever, it's still not that bad, you know? I mean, flying in an airplane is arguably more terrifying because you're way higher up in the air, like, three times as high in the air than you are when you skydive. 10,000 feet. That's... That's what we're talking about. 10,000 feet. Knock 6,000 feet off Mount Rainier and that's what you're looking at. It's it's really... It's not that bad, surely. I mean... 
The bit I'm really looking forward to is the parachuting back down to Earth. Because when you're free-falling, I can't imagine there's a lot of time to appreciate what you're seeing. But when you're parachuting, for like that last chunk of time, it really slows down and you can take a minute. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that bit. I think I'm really going to like that. Um, I am also going to... They, they say on the site that you can pay to get it filmed. I'm not sure if that's like a GoPro strapped to my chest or what. But I'm going to pay the money and get it filmed. And then see what they give me. And um, utilize that later on for my own purposes. So, uh, hopefully there will be a... Uh, I'll probably put it up on the website because I can't not show this footage. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck with it first. Gonna give it the old polish that I'm uh, so accustomed to. But, you know, this time tomorrow I will have fallen out of the sky. And I suppose after this, I mean, the next thing would be to bungee jump, which seems infinitely less terrifying to me than skydiving. Skydiving is kind of like the ultimate, right? I mean, it's like, it's it's textbook. What should you never do? Jump out of an airplane? Pretty high. That's like top of the list, right? There aren't, there aren't many other things in this world I can think of that are like more death-defying, more, more risky, I guess. Any other thing I can think of, like rock climbing, not a problem. I can do that all the time. Um... Yeah, bungee jumping would be the next thing, but that's that is that is second in my book. That is second. This is this is the number one. Um, and you know what? I am glad I'm doing it. And I'll well say I'll go on the record now saying that I will probably only do it the one time and never need to do it again. Um, but I've also heard tell from a bunch of people that it. Like, people love it. Like, there's something about it that people just fucking love. And I'm sitting here going, like, how could that possibly be true? It's just falling. What about it? And one person was like, make sure you drink a beer afterwards, because that'll be the best beer you've ever had. And I'm like... Like, I'm nervous about it, but I'm not expecting it to be some sort of life-changing, revolutionary event. But who knows? You're going to find out pretty much right now if it's life-changing or not. So you know what? <laughs> Let's not bandy about with words. Let's see what happened. Well, the ultimate tease of forever. My skydiving classes keeps getting canceled because of the weather, which I guess makes a certain amount of sense given where I live, you know, Pacific Northwest. It's cloudy and rainy a lot of the time, and... For some reason, they don't like to jump when it's cloudy and rainy. So I'm like, kind of um, at the whims of the weather, basically, for this. And like, the foreseeable forecast for the future is just like clouds and rain. And I'm like, God damn it. I just need like one nice day that also coincides with like a day off where I can do it. So I have not jumped yet. Um, the current plan is to jump on the 20th of this month. Um, hopefully. Um, I was going to do it on the 13th, but I've got a party on the 13th, so I can't do it then. Um, I could try to do it the 14th, I guess, the following day. Um, that might work as well, but it's just kind of like, oh my god. It's it's super irritating. Uh, people keep asking, and it's like, are you scared? Are you, are you like, 
how do you how are you gonna handle it? And right now I'm like the primary emotion surrounding skydiving is frustration, and I'm just like I just want to do it now. Now it's just kind of like you know before it was like oh I don't know what it's gonna be like, but now that it's been canceled like three times because of the weather, and it's just like fuck, just let me jump out of a fucking plane. So. I don't know. Now it's just going to be like, when I jump out of that plane, it's going to be like with frustration. I'm just like, yeah, fine. Fuck did it. Screw you weather. So it's not anyone's fault. It's the weather's fault. And normally I love it when it's cloudy and rainy, but this is like the one time I need it to be nice weather. <sighs> oh, well, it's, it's very, it's very frustrating. And now the party that it was going to be like me and like nine other people, it's like dwindled down to six, dwindled down to two. Ugh, it's just it keeps getting smaller and smaller because we keep having to reschedule and it's uh it's enormously frustrating um oh well so yeah skydiving is uh is on hold until the weather clears at which point believe me you'll know you'll know when i jump but it won't be it won't be anytime soon sadly so it's all for it's all for nothing all right let's move on to the next thing in the podcast Another week, another fantastic batch of Harry Potter chapters. This week we have chapter 7, The Will of Albus Dumbledore, chapter 8, The Wedding, and chapter 9, A Place to Hide. Chapter 8 is my all-time favorite chapter in any of the Harry Potter books, so let us listen to a highlight pulled straight out of chapter 8. A hum of excited chatter grew louder and louder, drowning out the sound of bees as the crowd approached the tent. You know, in the middle of all this nonsense of Voldemort like threatening the entire populace this is a really stupid fucking thing to do but that's just me excellent I think I see a few Vila cousins said George Crending's neck for a better look they'll need help understanding our English customs all over after them not so fast your holiness said Fred darting past the gaggle of middle aged witches heading the procession he said here permit oh god permit moi moi I don't fucking speak French to assist their vues there you go fuck you to a pair of pretty French girls who giggled and allowed him to escape them inside. Three brand new Harry Potter chapters drop every Wednesday night. Roughly around 8 o'clock Pacific Standard Time for your listening pleasure. I hope you enjoy them and let us move on to the next thing in the podcast. So this past weekend, I was able to check two things off of my list of things I wanted to do. I went and saw Spider-Man and I finally experienced a film in what is known in my movie theater as Screen X, where it is a 270 degree movie theater screen, left, right, center. And the idea behind it is that it's more immersive and actually like air quotes puts you in the movie. Um, the, no banding about it. It's a gimmick and it's a bad one at that. Um, I went and saw Spider-Man Far From Home in this format. And while I'll talk about Spider-Man in a second, um, I would estimate about 92% of the film was just the center screen. And basically, anytime there was action or combat, the, the side screens activated. But the, the way it worked is that the image wasn't stretched over the 270 degrees. You had the core of the movie and like the shot that everybody else will see in front of you. So basically all the important shit is in the center screen. And your periphery is filled with like the rest of what would have been that shot. So if I'm looking at the like um, the, the Tower Bridge in London, 
in my center frame and all the action and shit is right in front of me then what's to the left and to the right of me is like the rest of london and it's just kind of there um the nothing within spider-man benefited from this screen um if anything it was a more of a distraction than anything else there was nothing gained on on any level in in this experience it's just more expensive like IMAX you can justify because it's surround sound which does make a difference and the screen is larger and the picture is clearer IMAX makes sense there is nothing to be gained from screen X the theater was hot like super warm like I was sweating bullets the whole time and most of the time they're cool so I'm guessing it was like the either the the um, additional projectors or what the walls were made out of it acted like an insulator and it was just very warm in that theater so cannot recommend screen screen x screen x um i can't recommend it it is a complete waste of money there's nothing to be gained from utilizing that experience so zero out of ten don't bother it's not worth it straight up it's the coolest part of the whole air quotes experience is the uh the intro where it's like the fucking tech demo which shows you ideally how the technology could be used that was fine that whole sequence felt like I was in a giant VR headset and felt like a 4D theater. That was very immersive. But the tech demo is always way more convincing than the practical application. So unless the movie is specifically designed for the format, it's not gonna benefit from the format. So don't don't waste your money. The extra bucks, ain't, it's not worth it. Spider-Man Far From Home is a wonderful film. And I, oh man, I've been, I've been smiling ever since I saw it. The movie's very funny. It is it's a it's a teen drama like com like rom-com kind of deal um dressed up as a superhero movie i i would say there is a ton of superhero stuff including one of the best fucking spider-man fight sequences i've ever seen in any movie including spider-verse it, it it's like right at the end um i really don't want to spoil it because it's a really good film and, um, well, I suppose it's not really spoilery. I'm not, it's like, you'll know it when you see it. Um, it's, it's, it's like right at the end, basically. It's that final, like, hallway fight scene. And I thought it was really good. I will, I will real quickly, I uh, talk about the, the plot a little bit. So, Peter is, um, doing the do. And this is also, you know what, actually, I'm now realizing, is that there were scenes in the trailer that did not appear in the final movie. Man, fucking Marvel loves doing that, don't they? Don't they? Don't they love doing that? It's their favorite. There's, the, you know that scene where, um, in the trailer where, like, Peter saves, like, stops some crime and he, like, talks shit to the cops and the cops are like, you're gonna be the new Tony Stark and Spider-Man's like, nah, I'm too busy doing your jobs and they're like, oh, that's not in the movie. It wasn't there. I'm just now realizing that. But anyway, Peter is, you know, doing doing the do, doing the, what the Spider-Man do. And um, they have a science trip to Europe, I think. Um, and Peter's trying to, like, make this big elaborate romantic plan to tell MJ how he feels about her. And, um, you know, comedy hijinks occur from there. One thing I will say that I wasn't a super big fan of was how this movie handled the the snap is what i call it like this you know half of all life in the universe was wiped out and then brought back in the movie they call it the blip 
That's how it's how it's described. They they make very like the jokes they utilize for this event are are very comical. And I I laughed very hard and I appreciate that. But at the same time, like I'm not sure they gave it the 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 seriousness it really needed. I can get it because it's like that's all Endgame was was like fucking dealing with that shit. But it's like you know, it's still a big fucking deal. There is a character in the movie who wasn't snapped out of existence, and they are um, part of the film. I would utilize the phrase an unnecessary complication. Not like the actor did anything wrong. I just like that character represents an aspect to like teen rom coms that I always hated. And it's like the 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 epitome of like those awkward, cringy scenes where they're like the kids don't know what they're doing and they're like, oh oh you thought I liked you no no see what actually I was doing was I was a real big fan of your shoes and just just that shit just fucking encapsulated in one person I was like fuck you, so anyway the kids go on this crazy you know European trip, um and while they're dicking around. Uh, some big old shit dick and elemental show up and Nick Fury is like, yo, Spider-Man, we need you. And then Spider-Man rolls up and there's this Jake Gyllenhaal looking motherfucker named Mysterio who's like, I, these elementals are from my world. And everybody's like, oh shit, it's the multiverse. And, you know, body da 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 the movie continues. And um, turns out, uh, turns out some stuff goes down. And Mysterio was phenomenal. Um, there is a sequence within the film akin to like, do you remember the Batman Arkham games and you experienced the Scarecrow's fear toxin for the first time? It's like that, but for Spider-Man and it's pretty great as a sequence. It's wonderful. Um, I love that whole thing. It's like, it's fucking textbook Mysterio. Jake Gyllenhaal does a wonderful job. Um, I absolutely loved the plot while it was a little the textbook it was very enjoyable ride the ending whole sequence basically once they hit london the movie just cranks it up to 11 and it's fucking wonderful the whole time um i was a real big fan of that and god damn it i want to talk about the end credits scenes so fucking badly but it's probably the best part of the whole film so I'm gonna give it a week. I'm gonna give it a week and we're gonna revisit it next week so I can really fucking tear in and talk about those post credit scenes because they're fucking wonderful. So you got one week to see the film if you don't wanna hear spoilers. Otherwise, next week we'll come back and we'll talk about it and hypothesize about where we're going from here. Two, or not two notes, but one thing I do wanna mention before uh, I tell you all to go see this film because you absolutely should see this in theaters. 100% will benefit from the big screen. Go check it out, it's wonderful. Wonderful film. Probably the best... It's the best live-action Spider-Man. It's better than Homecoming. I loved it. Um, but it is important to know that this film marks the end of the Infinity Saga of the MCU. This is not the beginning of the next arc in the Marvel world. Like, there's a lot of movies being talked about. Most of them are vaguely confirmed. But we don't have a release date. We don't know what's coming next. We have no idea where Marvel's going with this. 
And next week we'll be even more confused when I tell you about what the post-credit scenes were. So while this movie may act as a bridge between what just happened and what's going to happen, it's important to know that this is the official end of what we've seen. From Iron Man in 2008 to Spider-Man Far From Home in 2019, that is, that's the Infinity Saga. So it's all over now, officially. And it's a, it's a wonderful film. Fucking, it's not a perfect film, but who? It's, it did what Shazam did. Um, it has me wondering where they're going next. And it's been a long time since I felt that way about a, uh, about a movie. So I'm very excited to see what happens next. But we'll save the rest of it for next week. And let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. This week for Songs of the Week, we have a cover and a theme song that I want to talk about. The cover, naturally, comes to us from my own lips and throat and fingers. And it's I Will Follow You Into the Dark, done by Death Cab for Cutie, released June 26th, 2006, off of the album Plans. This is a very good song. It's nice and and slow and emotional. And um, I first heard it on an episode of Scrubs. So let's take a listen to my little cover of it. Love of mine, someday you will die. But I'll be close behind. I'll follow you into the dark. The blinding light with tunnels to gates of white. Just our hands clasped so tight. Waiting for the hint of a spark. If heaven and hell decide that they both are satisfied Illuminate the nose on their vacancy sides If there's no one beside you when your soul embarks Then I'll follow you into the dark The next thing I want to talk about should be of no surprise if you've listened to the rest of this episode, and that is the theme song, A Cruel Angel's Thesis, which is the opening theme song for the 1995 television anime series Neon Genesis Evangelion, originally performed by Yoko Takahashi. And it's 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 a pretty good song. It's up there on the goingcast.com. Uh, playlist, which you can find on Spotify. And if you have a song that you would like to suggest for a song of the week, feel free to email me at goingcast at gmail.com or using the contact page at goingcast.com and we'll throw it right up there in the podcast. Speaking of which, let's move on to the next thing. So recently, I finally finished playing uh, Blood and Truth, which is the PlayStation VR game that I was playing for a little while there where you're a London gangster... Um, this dude kind of kills your whole family and goes after your company and you basically have to run and shoot and kill all of his little workers and um, and then you eventually you find him on a plane and he's just sitting there in a chair and I don't know how long that scene's supposed to go on because he's like sitting right there in the chair and he goes well well because I shot him and he was just dead and then the plane exploded and that's the end of the end of the game and I was just kind of like that seemed fairly anticlimactic but I guess it makes sense you know it's kind of however long you want that interaction to last is how long it's going to last and then you can just pop him and then he's dead and that's it game over but the the game really kind of shines for me when um your dude kind of goes on rails he starts like running on his own and it's basically just a um like a point and shoot 
kind of situation, a rail shooter, um, and you're just running through these buildings and you're crashing through windows and you have to put your guns in the holsters to grab on the ledges to pull yourself up and whip your guns back out and reload and just keep running as the building is exploding and doing all kinds of crazy stuff like that. It's, uh, it's pretty fun. When the tracking works, it's a ton of fun. It did fail on me a couple of times. But that's just kind of the the nature of the the system. And there were a couple of uh, sequences where there was like no place to duck and hide to regen health. So if the tracking fails and you can't duck and hide, you die a lot, and it can get a little frustrating. So you know, definitely had some some good parts and some bad parts. But the the overall game lasted about three to four hours, I would estimate. Um, definitely a lot of fun, and probably the uh, the most fleshed out VR game I've played so far. Um, the other game that I've been playing a lot is one that I'm not sure I'm going to be able to finish, which is Trover Saves the Universe. I love Rick and Morty as much as anybody, but that style of humor is stops being funny pretty quickly, and then you're left with a pretty average game when the funny stops. Because the problem is, is that the 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 beauty of the Rick and Morty style of humor is that it's just Justin Roiland kind of improving and vamping and doing doing that like whole style of like oh geez rick we gotta or morty we gotta we gotta go over here morty we really need to get inside this door we gotta turn the turn the knob morty here we go it's a push it's a push door morty it's not a pull oh you fucking idiot it's a pull door morty you gotta you gotta, you gotta pull on it pull on the you gotta no you gotta twist the doorknob and pull like it just kind of goes on and on and it like layouts out everything like there's a bit in the game where you're where you're filling this cauldron full of goo and it's like, all right, you got the you got the goo cauldron. You got to go to the voodoo person on the voodoo planet and give him give him the goo cauldron. Give him the cauldron full of goo, and then you can move on to the next thing in the game. And then you go to the goo, you go with your goo cauldron. You go to the voodoo person planet, and then straight up, it's the, like they, it's the, it's just, it's all just a ruin. So the fucking voodoo person goes, hi, hi, it's me, it's the voodoo person. Hey, yeah, put that goo cauldron right in front of me, right, right there in front of me. Go, go to the village. Go, go to, go to the village and fix, fix the problems. And it's just, perhaps I'm just tired, but it's just kind of like, I, yeah, I got it. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's funny. Um. Yeah, so that game really, really lends itself to being enjoyed in small bursts, but uh, just wanted to talk about that real quick. More Pokemon Sword and Shield news dropped um, dropped fairly recently. They revealed a couple of new Pachokamans. Let's see if I can pull them up here real quick, and we're going to just quickly run down that fucking list. Um, they're all kind of crap. So eh, everybody's getting real butthurt about how there's only like six fucking Pokemon in this game, but hey, you know what, whatever. So they just announced do to do Gamper, which is that electric corgi Pokemon, which is fine. I guess we had Roly Coley, which is a rock with an eyeball. Clearly, that thing's gonna evolve, but I don't really care. And there's Alcream, which is a strawberries and cream Pokemon. Um, which why? Uh, Duraludon, which is a giant steel thing, steel dragon, I guess. And uh, and that's it. So <laughs> a couple of new ones they announced. There's a new thing called what is it? Um, Gigantamax forms. So certain Pokemons, when they Dynamax, will completely change their appearance and become Gigantamaxed, which that whole mechanic is stupid, and I don't like it, but whatever. It's it's the new dumb thing. Like, take all of the Dynamaxing crap out of it and give us more Pokemon. I feel like we all would have been vastly happier with that move, but then again, shrug shoulders. 
I'm still going to get it. I'm still going to play it. We're all going to get it and play it. So that's kind of neither here nor there. And I've also been playing a lot of Elder Scrolls Online, which is a lot of fun. Um, it's it's Elder Scrolls. I mean, you got you got your quests. You got your big threats. You can dick around and make iron daggers into the ground. And what I really enjoy about that game is the more you use a weapon or a skill, the better you get at that. Like, the more I use a bow, the stronger my bows get and the more skills I have related to that item which makes a lot of sense. You, you, once you figure out how you want to play the game, your skills and abilities really kind of increase in um, effectiveness the more you use it, which I think is a really smart way of doing it, which basically means you can structure your character to use any weapon, use any skills, however you want. And if you get bored, you can switch over, but those abilities will be of lesser um, ability than your current stuff. So, you know, it's kind of like this fun balancing act where you can really shape your dude to be however you want it to be. So that's, uh, that's a lot of fun. I think they'll do it for, like, this weird video game roundup section. Now let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Finally this week, I wanted to talk about a couple of things I did, including going to Flatstick Pub, which is a pub in South Lake Union. There's three of them in the greater Seattle area. And basically, what it is is it's a mini golf bar, and you you go get some drinks and some and some tasty morsels, and you go play mini golf. And I went there with a bunch of coworkers um, on the Fourth of July. We were supposed to go skydiving, naturally didn't happen. Played mini golf instead. Mini golf was a ton of fun. Um, I had a it was a nine hole set. I think my final score was thirty seven, which I think is like five to seven above par. Um, not great. But definitely had a lot of fun doing it and had a couple couple of drinks. And then after that, we went to Trotter and Cask, which is barbecue joint over there in that area, which was uh, pretty decent. The pulled pork there is excellent. I can't really recommend the brisket, the buffalo chop, or the pulled chicken. If you're going to get something there to get the pulled pork, it's very good. Um, Their sauces were tasty. And then uh, that was my fourth. Um, Also, quick note, if you lit fireworks at your house, um, just kind of around like you had a box of fireworks from like costco or fred meyer or something like that and you just decided to hey blow them up in your backyard don't do that i know it's after the fourth and we don't have to deal with this until new year's but as far as i'm concerned if if i'm not at disney or like at the city fireworks show i don't want to hear them near my house they're not they're just loud and irritating you have to think about all the pets in the area that are getting freaked out by the loud explosions so stop it all right they're not cool I don't like them. Stop wasting your money on them. Just don't. Don't buy them. Don't fire them. Uh, if you do, just don't do it near me. And don't start wildfires. So there we go. Um, and then uh, this past weekend, I went down to uh, Tacoma to go to the Point Defiance Zoo, which I have not been to in many years. Um, I used to live in Point Defiance long ago. Long ago. When I was a, when I was a fucking kid. Like I moved in, in second grade from that area in Tacoma. But um, I love that zoo. They have upgraded their aquarium to a whole new building, which is wonderful, like state-of-the-art stuff. Very, very cool. Um, probably my favorite part of the the whole new zoo experience. Um, saw some uh, adorable red wolf pups, which are fantastic. Um, Washington State has some pretty fantastic zoos and aquariums, but they are not the best I've ever been to, but they are certainly worth your visit they are they're phenomenal woodland park is very good crewman zoo is very good saddle aquarium is excellent point to five zoo and aquarium is excellent like they're all they're all top tier um along the west coast i mean monterey bay is probably the best aquarium on the coast second 
best aquarium on the coast would be the Vancouver Bay or the Vancouver Aquarium up in Canada. And then of course the best zoo is the San Diego Zoo and Wild Animal Park down near uh, down near the border there. That is more like the best in the world. There's one arguably better and that's the one in Australia. So, but San Diego Zoo and Wild Animal Park is fucking superb. So there you go. But uh, yeah, I had a ton of fun hanging out with my friends at the zoo and at mini golf. It was an absolute blast. And I would recommend you check out those places, just like I recommend you listen to tomorrow night's Harry Potter chapters and next week's episode of the Going Upcast. I know there wasn't an episode last week, but straight up, just there wasn't anything to talk about last week. So I took a, took a week off, took a week off to recoup. And uh, next week we'll talk more about Spider-Man, and uh, I'll hopefully have some more stories to share with you. Thank you very much for listening, everybody, and I'll talk to you later. Have a good one, everyone.